but you presented this idea of setting the example of showing how to live that life because it, he said, I don't want to just give our kids a better life. I want to show them how you live a life that's meaningful. Welcome to the What Could Go Right podcast. I am Eric Orton. I'm Emily Orton. And here we talk about personal growth, family connection, and parenting adult kids. And today I want to share a concept that Emily and I, that I love this, and I think we do too, both of us, but it's the idea of what we call double return parenting. And I think the best way to describe it is maybe with an example. Um, I studied music, and so when we lived in New York City, I would do a lot of writing and composing, and to have peace and quiet, we had moved the piano into our bedroom. We lived in a two-bedroom apartment, and so to just have a workspace where I could think and listen and not be distracted by noisy, rambunctious kids. The because, pian- because we had five of those. <laughs> Because we had five kids. And so the piano was in our bedroom, tucked under, you know, at various stages. It was next to the bed, then it was under the bed when we built a loft. Anyway, the point being that at a, at a certain stage, I decided to move the piano from the bedroom to the living room. Because I worked with headphones, and so I could work silently in my room, and I would just create something, and my kids never knew about it. And so, when we moved the piano out to the living room, I still worked with headphones and I still needed some quiet, but they could see what I was doing and in the end I could share it with them and they saw what went into, in this case, writing a song or a piece of music or a show and they, it, it sparked something for them and and I don't, I don't want to be telling the whole story and so feel free to jump in where you want, but I feel like the kids started to, first of all, they started to tinker on the piano. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah, for sure. They were like, this is what we do at our house. We play music and we write songs. Yeah. This, this is just what we do. <laughs> and eventually, so they started to play piano and teach themselves. And after a while, I started to teach myself guitar and started to do more writing and composing on the guitar. And they also picked up the guitar and the ukulele. The ukulele was a little bit easier for their small hands. But I would write something and then I would share it with them and they would tell me what they thought. And then eventually we would start writing songs together. Or they would write something and share it with us and then we would tell them what we thought. Yeah, I think it grew. I mean, first we would write together and then eventually they've become very skilled and accomplished um, and talented songwriters in their own right. The three oldest all write and have recorded songs. and, And I guess bringing this back to double return parenting is that as a parent, I get the the joy and the satisfaction of doing something that lights me up, that gives me energy. And as my kids see me doing that, they get to do the things that light them up and energize them. And in this case, they all started to write songs, but it doesn't, it's not always going to be a one for one. It's not going to be they get interested in the same thing like, oh, I love baseball, so they love baseball, or oh, I love cross stitching, so they become cross stitchers, you know, or whatever it is. There was a time when I used to cross stitch. I don't know if you hey. knew this about me. Hey, I'm discovering new things every day, keeping, I, it, keeping it, it fresh. It, it doesn't light me up, so I don't <laughs> do it anymore. But anyway, it, it doesn't always have to be a one for one. But I think the idea that as an adult, as a, as a father and as a husband, doing the things in my life that, that bring me joy gives my kids permission to do the same thing in their own life. And, and then that can feed back and forth. 
I want to say two things about this. Yeah. One is that the things that bring you joy don't only solely bring joy. They often also bring a lot of frustration. So I don't want anybody listening to think we're talking about like, if it doesn't bring joy, then you need to cut it out of your life because those things that are really satisfying, they take effort mm -hmm. to create, to grow into, you know, there's a discipline that's required in it. And a lot of people don't like that word, but you, your kids saw you at the piano day after day after day. They saw you rewriting. They saw you saying, this isn't working. They saw you lose files, you know, whatever. Not that you were a, someone who would lose files, but maybe something would happen with the computer. And anyway, they saw the frustrating parts about the creative process and the thing that brought you joy. They saw that there was effort and sometimes struggle required, but that in the end, the joy was worth it, like it was a triumph. And so I just want to bring that part out. We're not saying, oh, if it's not, if you're not feeling happy today, then stop doing that thing. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that because I think they did see, they saw that a song, because oftentimes they would just see, oh, here's the final product. When I would come out of our bedroom and say like, here's the final product, they never saw the iterations and the drafts. And this way they saw, oh, like dad has rewritten that chorus five, seven, nine times, or they would see, um, you know, they would see how one verse would slowly change and evolve as it, as it got played and sung more and more. And so they learned about how things can happen gradually and that it's not just like go in, do, do the work and come out. And so, yeah, I think they, they saw that there's a process to it. And I think they, it also, it was vulnerable for me because I would go and I would share some, I would create something or share something when it was only half baked. Mm-hmm. 80%. 80% of the time? Or no, no, was no, no. I mean that we kind of have a rule of once I've got this song to 80%, it's ready for public consumption. And at home, we might see it when it was only 50% ready or 40% ready. But our kids knew I'm not going to wait until this is 100% ready before I share it with a friend or share it, you know, publicly, I know that if it's 80% there, it's solid enough to put out in the world, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it would just be like, hey, here's a chorus that I like. Yeah. And they would be, and they would realize, okay, that's, dad has created a fragment and it's going to be a part of something else. And, and again, for most people, most people are not songwriters. Most people are not composers. And so I don't think that in some ways this might be a, a tough metaphor, but I think just the idea of like doing the things that, that, um, we care about like you say it doesn't always bring joy it can still be a, it, there can still be a kind of a, a grind to it or at least a, like a, a grit to it mm -hmm. but also um doing those things and also really just making sure that kids see that there's there's a struggle and a process and also that it's okay to um it's okay to not have something great to show for it that you know seeing along the way the kind of the, the, I want to say the ugly duckling version of it, but that's not it. It's just, just like the, like the awkward, um, it's, a, it's good for your kids to see you, see you fail and oh. see you trying yeah. and, and failing and overcoming and persisting. And, and also this was, this was not the intention of this, but I realized that we would then spark each other mm -hmm. with songs. And so it That's was, true. it was very much, it became, I remember reading in a book about Lennon and McCartney and the Beatles and how they, 
there, it was almost it was slightly competitive between them. And mm-hmm. I don't think it ever really got competitive between members of our family. But as we would create, it would inspire us to go create more, like because it just gave more and more permission, and it gave more and more um, fuel to that process. Absolutely. This is getting into another concept that we like to call the current. If there's something you want to be doing in your life, you need to get around people who are doing that thing and then you will just naturally do it more and more. It's kind of the idea when maybe your parents when you were young were like, oh, don't hang out with that crowd. You know, they're a bad crowd. There are so many crowds and you should get into the crowd that's going where you want to go because then it'll just be so much easier than than staying in the crowd you're in and trying to go somewhere else. Just kind of leveraging that current and moving forward with it. But the other thing I had wanted to bring up is with double return parenting is I remember when we were really young parents or parents of really young kids and Eric was presenting this parenting philosophy to me and I wasn't really on board with it at first. I thought of the idea of we've brought this child into the world and now we're going to sacrifice everything we can to raise them up like they'll walk on our backs or stand on our shoulders or like whatever it might be like now our noble duty is to sacrifice everything for them so that they can rise above us you know and I don't mean to say it in a way that sounds um, condescending but I had kind of a martyr complex about it so I'm making a little bit fun of myself there are so many great families that come from a very sacrificial narrative as like especially the classic immigrant story like my parents gave up everything to bring us to this country so that we could have a better opportunity and they you know had this life that wasn't full of the things that brought them joy maybe unless the thing that brought them joy was that they wanted to do that for their kids but eric said instead of being the martyr sacrifice parent I want to be because there will always be sacrifice in relationship as you try to achieve harmony of setting the example of showing how to live that life because it he said I don't want to just give our kids a better life I want to show them how you live a life that's meaningful that's full of pursuing things that you're curious about that you're interested in that you think are worth um, the effort the struggle overcoming obstacles for and I remember one day Eric was sitting at the desk uh, working on a musical, trying to get it produced. Um, it's not just writing the, the choruses and the phrases. It's like, now we got to find a production team and the creative staff and the actors and the theater and the investors and the whole thing. And uh, you were sitting at the desk doing that. And, and you said, ah, you know, this didn't work. This is it didn't work out this time. It's not going to be in this theater with these producers or whatever it might be. And you were feeling pretty dejected. And I said, you are such a great example for our kids. And you said, I don't I don't know what I'm an example of. You know, and I said, you're an example of the persistence required to pursue a dream. So whether that's a physical goal you have or a business you want to build or a book you want to write or whatever it might be, a relationship you want to heal you were showing them year after year the effort that is required. And so at first I wasn't into it because I had seen a different model and I had kind of admired a different model, but I said, let's give it a try. And it really came home to me when we started homeschooling our own kids. And I realized 
environment is a third of the education and the example we're setting is going to be so huge. So I wanted them to learn how to write, but I didn't want them to hate it. I didn't want to just start out with grammar and punctuation and all of that stuff. Like once you learn the rules, then you're allowed to write. We wanted to start focusing on what's your voice. Do you have anything interesting to say? Do you have anything important to say? Um, and so where I decided to begin with them was I started writing articles for magazines. I started submitting, you know, articles. And just like with the music, they saw that it wasn't just something I sat down one afternoon and 45 minutes later I had this published worthy article. They saw me digging in, researching, editing, going from longer versions to shorter versions, rephrasing, word choice, change all the verbs, um, rereading, rereading, rereading to them. And they started to see, oh, it's okay if I don't get it right on the first time. It's okay if it doesn't seem easy. It's okay. It's actually normal. This is the normal process of writing. It doesn't just typically flow out of your brain in a clear, easy, engaging way. And so they felt like they understood that it was okay to do lots and lots of attempts and feel good about every attempt along the way before they found the one that they felt like, this is what I want to share with the world. So it, that, gave, it gave them permission to try and not succeed. Yeah. Knowing that they could have m multiple, many, many tries. I think it gave them the truth that the faster you fail, the faster you get to that place of success. And so they became less fearful of failure. And you can imagine the applications that has across your whole life, whether it's like applying to different schools or trying out for this program or applying for jobs or pursuing any kind of interest or relationship and saying, oh, that didn't work the first time. Let me try again. I'll ask that girl out again another time. <laughs> I think for me, it boils down to this. When it's going back to double return parenting, as we as moms and dads, as parents, have the courage to step out and do the things that really light us up and energize us. Even if it's a hobby, if it's a career, great, whatever it is, as we do that, we are showing our kids how to do it in their own lives. Because I believe that every parent wants the best for their kids. They have big dreams, they believe in their kids, and they want to see them do fun, beautiful things that make them happy. Guess what? The best way, or I guess I'll say the way that we've become most familiar with and, and experienced the most success is by modeling that. Not by just wishing it for them, but by saying, I'm going to try and do that myself first so that my kids get to see what that process looks like. And they, they, they learn that it's not a smooth, straight line upward to the right. They learn that it's, it's a jagged ride. They learn, and whatever it is, ins, insert goal, you know, the pro whatever we're doing as parents, we're showing them and modeling the process and that's going to serve our kids well and the double return part is one we get the joy of going on that journey ourselves and two we get the the second return of watching our kids go on it themselves because if we don't if we just model to them what we call sort of a conveyor belt default life guess what our kids are going to guess what model they're following they're going to create a default conveyor belt life for themselves and we will be sad that they missed out on living up to their full potential. And so the best thing we can do for them is to live up to our full potential, show them how it's done, and then let them follow in the way that makes sense to them. And that's brought us a lot of happiness for us and our kids. And the good news is when they do that, the return just keeps increasing with every generation. Third return, fourth return, 
Yeah, so we could call it like quadruple return great-grandparenting. The legacy ripples out. (laughs) Awesome. What could go right? Thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Eric. If you haven't already, you should really go sign up for one of our free discovery calls. Have you ever asked the question, what if, or wouldn't it be cool if? If you're like me and a lot of people, you answer that question, but kind of in a limited way. You don't really let yourself go there. And so what I'd love to do is get on a call with you and help you get past some of your limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, and answer that question as boldly and beautifully as your imagination will allow. They're fun, they're free, they're painless. All you got to do is go to theawesomefactory.nyc forward slash discovery, pick a time slot that works with you, and we'll spend a few minutes and help you go to an amazing place and help you discover what's possible in your life.